You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Happy Friday to all my beautiful people out there. We made it. We did it. I understand Friday isn't a thing for everybody, but it is for a lot of us, so just let us have this, okay? This is, this is about as good as it gets. When you wake up Friday morning and realize it's Friday... Because after that, you actually have to go to work. And then, you know, you come home, and you wake up Saturday, and you realize you don't have anything to do. And being home, it's a very long day when you don't also have work. And it can be boring. And you realize that you should be doing chores. There's stuff that needs to get done. And you don't want to, but you have a lot of time to sit and stew about being lazy. And then you get upset about that. Like, I'm not lazy. It's my day off. I want to relax. But you're not relaxed. You're stressed because you got stuff to do and you don't want to. And you're trying to just immerse yourself in YouTube, like just block out the sadness and sorrow. But that voice is just like, dude, why do you need to watch martial arts fails right now? You could take out the garbage. Leave me alone. The guy literally thinks he can knock somebody over with chi and he's going to get punched in the jaw by an MMA artist. Okay, I want to watch that. I have earned this. Granted, I'm not really enjoying it. But I feel entitled to something, and I can't quite figure out what I've earned. So this is what, what I've come to. This is what we've settled on. And I, I, uh, and so yeah, so that's the weekend. And again, this is, this is the apex right here. Celebrating the fact that it's Friday. And we're almost done. Yay. At least that's how my weekend usually goes. There's also that extra little tingle in the back, because it's like, you know, you were up early... You could have done a podcast, but instead you decided you wanted to take the day off. And here's what you're doing. You're watching how to barbecue a brisket. Number one, you can't afford a brisket. Number two, you have an 18-inch Weber grill. You're not going to be doing a brisket. You don't need to watch this show right now. And it's like 45 minutes. Somehow, it's 45 minutes to, to cook a brisket. And that's the sped-up version. It does look delicious, though. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, I haven't had a haircut in months. I'm a little, you know, I, I, I'll admit I'm slipping a little bit, okay? Granted, I could just man up and do it myself. Or ask my wife to do it with my beard trimmer. Because that's literally all I have. Because I cannot even find the clippers anywhere at any store that exists in all of Madison, Wisconsin. That's what I've come to. I'm going to ask my wife to cut my hair with a beard trimmer. But it is Friday. So, celebration. Anyways, today... I'm very excited about this because it's been, there's this cool thing. In fact, a couple things about this. I'm (laughs) literally like doing a dance in my chair as I try to describe. That's all right. There's no camera, so I can't, it's kind of like a wavy motion. It's a sweet dance. I mean, if you saw it, you'd agree. But 
there's a whole lot of apparently we're at the point in the off season where we rank everything. That's that's where we're at. Couple things. Number one, many of you probably know Mr. Alexander Basara, assuming that's how you say his name. He has a YouTube channel that is Bazaroski Productions. If you are not already subscribed to it, you know, I was stunned to see how few subscriptions uh, there are to that channel. It is the Green Bay Packers highlight video channel. Like they're just there's others that try to do it, but he is like the official. If you've seen a very very good hype video for the Packers, he did it. Anyways. You probably, if you don't know him directly, as you should, he's a lot like me, if I may brag on myself a little bit. The guy does fantastic work. I assumed everybody knew who he was. He had 700,000 followers and about, you know, a million subscribers on YouTube. The guy has 1,200 followers on Twitter. It's ridiculous. But anyways, allow me to digress once. Regress? Digress. We're good. One of the things you likely saw if you're on Twitter was a, what is it, top 25 list? Yes, it is a top 25 NFL running backs of all time. And there's Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, Emmitt Smith, Adrian Peters. And then the list starts to go sideways. You got Frank Gore, Earl Campbell, O.J. Simpson, Tiki Barber at number 8, Tony Dorsett, Mike Allstott at 10, Paul Horning, Jim Brown, Marshawn Lynch at 13, Clinton Portis at 14, Larry Zonka at 15, Roger Craig at 16, Marshall Falk 17, Jerome Bettis 18, Edron James, Eric Dickerson, Gail Sayers, Amon Green at 22, Fred Taylor 23, Deuce McAllister 24, Mark Ingram 25. This caught on like fire. Everybody saw it. I remember when I first looked at it, I saw two Green Bay Packers on here, and my first thought was, you know, without actually examining it, oh my goodness, have there been th- that many bad running backs in the NFL? Like, I really... No disrespect to Paul Horning, but I saw Amon Green at 22 and was like, there's really, what are there, 10 good running backs in the history of the NFL? Like, I, It shocked me, and then it, it started to spread like wildfire. I think it even ended up on ESPN or whatever channel Skip is on, and um, it, just, it just blew up. The reason I'm mentioning this to you, because we're talking about lists, apparently Mr. Alexander Basara on Twitter decided to put together a list that was just kind of ridiculous. And then he handed it off to somebody else, and that is what caught on. And then he released a video of him making this as a joke, and he basically just trolled everybody. He showed this pro- this entire start-to-finish process of him deliberately just making this dumb list. And it's it's not only funny, because again, for the second time, we have seen somebody troll crazy hard, and it's a Packers fan. We had the first troll that we saw all year was a fake Seahawks insider who actually was breaking news so that he could be seen as a Seahawks insider, so that he could be seen as an authority, so that he could give amazing news that would also be fake news. The guy actually got on a radio station to tell the news. I don't know if he did or if just the news did. Probably just the news, but whatever. And it spread like wildfire. And then he goes on Reddit and just reveals to everybody, just so you know, this is all fake. I'm a Packers fan, and I did this because I despise the Seahawks for what they did to us. Well, you know, I don't know if it was fail Mary or whatever. There's a million reasons for Packers fans to not like the Seahawks, and he was justified in doing so. And then the second great troll, which I think outdid that, Granted, it didn't smack Seahawks fans in the face, so it's not as satisfying. But probably a better troll was now this top 25 list. The other fun thing about it is that it really just goes to show how you don't need to know a single thing about anything to to make a list. And I've been seeing these lists and all these tiers about where the Green Bay Packers rank and all this stuff, and it's really just starting to upset me. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do my own list. 
And I was trying to think the best way to go about it. Should I do my own list or should I just pick out a couple that I think, you know, I mean, there's, there's maybe I'm not even doing it the right way, but it is the way that I'm going to do it. They have overrated and underrated, and I thought maybe I'll do my own overrated and underrated. But I just want the opportunity to kind of just do a once over on where I stand with every team in the NFL. And I did that by putting each team into tiers. Now, I didn't rank every team, and I want to emphasize that because some people are going to hear this team above this team and they're going to get upset. I do have tiers, and obviously this tier is above this tier is above this tier is above this tier, but where the teams rank inside those tiers, I didn't really take it that far. In fact, there are some teams you could probably put on you know this tier or that tier because it's they're kind of close. But here is how I broke down my tiers. Again, that's T-I-E-R-S, not T-E-A-R-S. I don't cry. I'm too strong. Don't believe me? Drive over here and I will bench press your car. Get out of my face. Here are the tiers. The top tier is just labeled top. That is because there are teams that are just kind of, at not to say that we know definitively anything. None of this is about being definitive. This is about taking all available information, which is what they did last year, combining that with what I see this year, and just kind of putting things where I believe they belong, with the full acknowledgement that things can change. But the top tier is the top tier. These are the top teams for varying reasons, but they are the top teams, and I've got four of them. You could probably guess what those four are, and no, the Packers are not in it. We'll get to that. Then my next tier is a tier that's called Close. There's four teams in that tier as well. There's an, The next tier is Close, but I have questions. Most of the, t- I shouldn't say most teams, it's not most teams, but the biggest tier is the close but I have questions tier. Again, some of these teams you could probably put up, some of them you can maybe slide down. There's pro- probably a good amount of overlap, so I was just kind of, you know, whatever. Well, if there's a little bit of leeway where they can go up or down, I'll tell you when we get to that team. This is going to be another situation, by the way, where I'm going to have to try to talk quickly and probably just graze over some of these teams because there's no way I can do a 40-minute rant on 32 teams and get this done in less than an hour. We'll see how it goes. The next tier is called maybe, but my bet is no. These would be teams that you could make an argument one way or another that there's some kind of a potential. Now, what exactly potential? I I don't know. And again, this is where it kind of breaks down. Maybe they could win the Super Bowl. Maybe they can get into the playoffs, but then it becomes more, more, I don't want to say definitely, but the odds are a little bit higher. They're just the next one down. I don't know. Maybe they'll be good, but my bet is no. I think that's what we'll settle on. And then my final tier is just called not really a fan, which means I just I just don't really see anything that I like. And again, there's not going to be that much dispute in some of these, and I know some people are going to be upset with some of where these things are, but I will do my best to justify it. And again, some of these teams I'm not really 100% solid on, so you could probably sway me one way or another. It doesn't matter. This is just a preliminary look. And again, the biggest reason I want to do this is because I think some teams are, some of the things that are being said are ridiculous. And I'm doing it insofar as tiers. Now, depending on how specific I get, and I'll probably, as I go through some of these teams, already say this team is wildly overrated, this team is underrated. But depending on how it goes, I may do an overrated, underrated show. I don't know. Probably not, because I'm going to be specific about that. But anyways, before we actually get into that, once again, please make sure you jump in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. Make sure you like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page. Make sure you follow me on Instagram, Packernet Podcast. The uh, Facebook page, by the way, is starting to pick up in terms of content, and the majority of that is not being shared on in the group anymore. So it's no longer the case that 
you can be in the group and everything that's in the page you'll see in the group so there's no real reason to be in the page that's not the case anymore the page is really starting to produce a lot of content so make sure you do that if you'd like to support the show again the number one thing you could do is share this whether you want to share it with your packers friends and family on facebook you want to call up grandma and be like look i know you love listening to that am radio i got a i got another station you can listen to it's called packernet let me set you up just get her like i i'm on our iheart radio so it's you could use that that would be number one if you have the means to maybe throw a couple bucks my way patreon.com for as little as a dollar a month you can help support the show and again a dollar does go a long way it might not seem like it but again just think about it from my perspective how many people listen to the show everybody gives a dollar we're good something to consider and then third if none of those things excite you a five-star iTunes review, whether that's on iTunes or Stitcher. Make sure you subscribe so that these places know, hey, a lot of people are subscribed to this. If it has the option to automatically download an episode, that would help. If it has the option for notifications, as most of these now do, I don't think Spotify does, but I know Apple does, I know uh, Google does, Stitcher I think does, iHeartRadio does. Make sure you turn on notifications so you don't miss a show. Just, Just some different ways you can help out. But anyways, uh, let's take a break, and then we'll come back and try to rip through these tiers as quickly as possible. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so the top tier, we're going to go quick. It's the Chiefs, the 49ers, the Ravens, and the Saints. That's it. I've got my issues with the Chiefs. I've already said I don't like their defense. I've already said that I'm concerned that this team is on the downswing because this is a team that was built by a GM that left and has not drafted a basically a single good player since that GM left. However... The core of the team is a very, very good quarterback and a very, very good um, head coach, as well as a wide receiver and a tight end. And the bottom line is we've seen with Seattle and to a probably lesser extent Green Bay how a just a quarterback and coach combination can survive for a very long time. So although there may be a downswing, there's no reason to believe that the team that just won the Super Bowl is going to fall apart. The 49ers obviously are a good team for the reasons that they're a good team. They have Whatever they have, it's working. So there you go. They got to the Super Bowl. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, again, probably don't need that much of an explanation. 
I have questions, but there's no question that this is a good football team. This is maybe the best offense in football last year. It's not a bad defense. So there you go. And then the New Orleans Saints, they didn't get as far in the playoffs. So you could, well, they, you know, it's not just about how far you got last year. This is maybe the most complete roster in all of football. As far as lacking any real holes, I mean, you know, it's just, this is a phenomenal football team. Nothing is set in stone, but these are the top four. Now we get to the teams that are close. I'm going to start with the Green Bay Packers. Yes, the Green Bay Packers are here. Why? Because they won 13 games last year. Nobody wants to give the Packers any credit. It's incredible to me the amount of teams that are put above the Packers. Why? What, what is missing from this team that everybody's so concerned about? Again, I don't want to go down the, the rabbit trail of talking about wide receivers again, but the amount of people talking about you never addressed your second wide receiver spot, therefore, oh my goodness. The Saints just now addressed their number two wide receiver spot and have been a dominant team for quite a while without one. Same as the Packers, by the way. Same as the Cowboys, same as the Chiefs. The Ravens don't have a single number one wide receiver. The 49ers have one. I mean, occasionally they have two, but, you know, they fluctuated between one and two. It's just, it's such a ridiculous thing. This is a team that won 13 games. Yeah, well, they didn't look like a 13-win team. Okay, but they got there. And guess what? This is year two. Still have Rodgers, still have Adams, still have this offensive line. Yes, we lost a, a right tackle, but Wagner was never a liability over in Detroit. I saw Nagler go on this tirade about Wagner got beat by Lowry. Lowry, first of all, didn't have, I don't think he had a single pressure in that entire game. And that was Wagner's worst game of the entire year. So yes, you're picking Wagner's worst year in a, in a game in which Lowry didn't have a sack or whatever. So, I, I, you know, it wasn't exactly a dominant performance by Dean Lowry, although he was graded very highly. But in terms of pressure, just whatever. This is a solid cornerback group. Now, there is questions about Kevin King, but... As I've mentioned, he's finished the season last year extremely strong. Savage is going into his second year. Amos is a, you know, top 15 safety. Kenny Clark is still a dominant defensive tackle. Zadarius Smith is one of the best pass rushers in all of football. These are cornerstone things that most teams don't have. It's amazing to me. And we'll get to the Seahawks. The Seahawks have none of this. The Seahawks have nowhere near the offensive line. They don't have as good a wide receiver as Adams. They don't have a pass rusher like Smith. They don't have an interior guy like Clark. They have they have nothing. And they're consistently seen as a top team. It's incredible. And so the Packers are put in a close tier because they're they're not quite there. They are missing some stuff. In other words, some things have to happen. And what needs to happen is they need to take a step. Now, I don't mean in terms of their 13-win record. They can take a step forward and get less than 13 wins. In fact, that's that's my expectation. It's not 13 wins. You don't need 13. If you get 11 but are a significantly better team, or even 10 and are a significantly better team, assuming that gets us in the playoffs, which it should, I'm content with that. But there needs to be some kind of a step, and the biggest step involves Matt LaFleur's offensive system starting to look a little bit less like the 2018 Green Bay Packers and a little bit more like the 2019 San Francisco 49ers. The tight ends need to be more involved. The quick passing game, a little bit more of a commitment to the run as well as play action, and success in all these things. And then the defense has its own challenges. Got to figure out what's going on with these guys not being able to stop the run against really quality offensive line play. But again, I think a lot of that, which is being underreported, was a cerebral thing. This isn't a team that is lacking necessarily in talent. They got whooped mentally, and Zadarius even alluded to that. He was confused that entire game against the San Francisco 49ers. Again, these offensive lines are very good. 
And it's not just their play, it's it's the things that they do with the misdirection and the the confusion. You're constantly looking ten different directions. Well, maybe they're going this way, but maybe it's a misdirection. Well, maybe, and guys are just falling all over themselves, and they're leaving holes big enough you could drive a truck through. A lot of these guys are in their first year. Nobody is beyond their second year in the Mike Pettin system. Guys just need to take a step, but the Green Bay Packers are undoubtedly close. Moving on, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, on paper, they've got everything they need. The offensive line is slowly eroding, but it's still a very good offensive line. They have, depending on what happens with CeeDee Lamb, a dominant offensive line, or excuse me, wide receiver group. Ezekiel Elliott is still a very good running back. Overrated, but still very good, especially behind this this offensive line. So their ability with Prescott, Elliott, Cooper, and Lamb, and you can throw in Michael Gallup as a likely number three, which is really in, in, you know impressive when you go three wide receivers, and you have Lamb and Gallup on the outside with Amari Cooper in the slot. I mean, it's, it's a scary thing to have to deal with. Plus, Prescott has some mobility. They also have uh, Demarcus Lawrence, who is a very, very good pass rusher. Um, so they, that, that is a core piece that you need. They don't have anything that's necessarily really bad. Their corners are decent, and they're also very young and, and p- presumably potentially ascending. Woods and HaHa Clinton Dix at safety is not an elite group, but it's not bad. And then their linebackers, depending on if Leighton Vander Esch takes a step back, I mean forward, or, or back to what he was, because he dealt with a lot of injuries. He actually had a terrible year via PFF, which is shocking because he was one of the best linebackers in football as a rookie. So it's it's a confusing thing that I'm not sure what's going to happen. But the bottom line that I'm looking at with the Dallas Cowboys is, despite being a decent team on paper, they were 8-8 eight and eight last year. This is a team that was basically top 10 on offense, top 10 on defense. Number one in yards on offense. Number one. Ninth in yards on defense, sixth in points on offense, eleventh in points on defense, and they went eight and eight. That's because of largely because of Jason Garrett. This is on paper one of the better teams in football that couldn't even compete. And so the question is: Is Mike McCarthy going to be able to know what to do here? If so, this team is a Super Bowl contender tomorrow. But we still have to answer the question: Why did they go eight and eight, and what's different this year? Because Ceedee Lamb isn't it. See, you can't just drop C.D. Lamb into this 8-8 eight eight situation and suddenly they're a Super Bowl contender. There are massive questions here that need to be answered. So I don't know. But it's safe to say that they're close just based on their roster. They have a better roster, in my opinion, than some of the teams in the tier above them. The next one I have is the Minnesota Vikings. And yes, I think I've been very fair in my rankings of these teams. The Bears maybe not, won't like where I put them, but whatever. I think in order to be fair, I have to put the Vikings here. One of the bigger problems the Vikings have had is their offensive line, and they've done a decent job improving it. Riley Reef and uh, Brian O'Neill are decent tackles. The interior is still not great, but Bradbury's going into his second year. We'll see what happens. They now have two potentially decent tight ends. Rudolph is on the descent, but still had a decent year last year. Add in Irv Smith. Mediocre year, but could potentially ascend. And one of the things that I think a lot of Packer fans refuse to acknowledge is how good Kirk Cousins was last year. PFF graded him as the sixth best quarterback in all of football. Understand that Ryan Tannehill was number one. Look at the competi- Look at the other teams that are, or, or the other quarterbacks that he's being compared. You look at sixth, and you're like, yeah, that's pretty good, dude. Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. I mean, he he. By the time you get to him, he's in unbelievably good company. He was graded higher than Aaron Rodgers. Kirk Cousins was incredible last year. And by the way, that wasn't exactly an anomaly. It was the highest he's ever been graded. 
but he had an 84, and the year before that he was 79. 2016 he was 80. It's starting to look like 2017 was actually the anomaly here. And they added another wide receiver. Now they lost a wide receiver. But with Thielen, Jefferson, Rudolph, Smith, and Dalvin Cook at running back, this is a pretty potentially scary offense. Now the biggest problem, and this is really part of the reason they're putting this to you, I mean the, the number one reason is because last year they didn't quite finish, right? They couldn't quite get over the hump. And so I couldn't reasonably put them in the top tier. But but the thing that kind of keeps me from saying they are a top team, the biggest question I have is the fact that they seemingly went backwards from yes, from last year. They traded out a wide receiver, which the odds that, as much as I like Jefferson, he is, in my opinion, the exact opposite of Stephon Diggs. Now, he may be a perfect fit for this system as far as getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Kirk Cousins held onto the ball longer than just about any, in fact, it's not just about, he did hold onto the ball longer than any quarterback in football. This is an offense that is predicated, similar to the Green Bay Packers, on getting the ball out quickly. It's a very similar system to what the Packers are trying to run. Now, you get the ball out quickly with Thielen, but with Stephon Diggs, you're dropping back and you're waiting and waiting and waiting and launching it down the field. Jefferson is not that guy. I, I My biggest problem with Jefferson is every single one of his routes was a quick, little, short route. Every single one. And that made me nervous. And so I don't think it's unfair to say you likely went backwards at wide receiver. You do not have any corners. You did draft Jeff Gladney, if he's any good, which remains to be seen. You lost your second edge rusher. You lost your longtime interior defensive lineman, replaced him with Pierce, who was not very good. I mean, he's okay, but he's strictly a run defender, and he's mediocre at that. Kendricks is almost assuredly going to regress. Kendricks has never been as good as he was last year. He's ranked as the second highest graded linebacker in all of football. I, I would be willing to bet just about anything that Kendricks is not the second-best linebacker in football this year. And on top of all that, you lost your secondary coach. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean your two very, very good safeties are going to get worse, but it might. And also the progress that you need from these cornerbacks, I don't know. We'll have to see about that. By the way, that secondary coach, for those that don't know or don't remember, came to the Green Bay Packers. This is a team that has consistently had the best safeties in football for a very long time, and everybody that comes to this team suddenly becomes an elite safety. I'm very, very optimistic. By the way, last year's big acquisition was a outside linebackers coach who transformed a couple outside linebackers who one of them was a draft bust. The other guy was a veteran who had become not very good. D. Ford and Justin Houston. D. Ford was a draft bust. Justin Houston was a good football player who had started to get kind of old and long in the tooth and wasn't very good anymore. He uh, turned them both into the basically the number one and number two best pass rushers in all football. Came here, guess what? Zadarius Smith is one of the best pass rushers in all football. Preston Smith exceeded expectations. Zadarius exceeded expectations. Big part of the reason why I expect big things from Rashawn Gary. Point is, drafting really, really good coordinators and coaches, it doesn't automatically mean that your players are going to be good, but it uh, sometimes it does mean that. And I think that's a big part of the reason we had success is because of hiring Mike Smith at outside linebacker coach last year. This year we got the defensive back coach from the Minnesota Vikings who has been the coach of these safeties for a very long time. And by the way, the Green Bay Packers have had the same DB coaches for a very long time and have had very little production from our defensive backs, which is frustrating considering how many defensive backs we have drafted. We've had no production from any of our, I mean, some undrafted free agents, which maybe you can give credit to the coaches for coaching them up and maybe that's what you want to do that. But we put a lot of value in defensive back and got very little in return. 
then you would think the first thing you want to do is find coaches that are competent enough to turn these guys into whatever it is their highest potential is. If I'm GM, I'm going to be very upset that I'm putting these players with all this talent, like Kevin King, in position. I mean, the, the, the physical attributes of a guy like Kevin King are through the roof, and we need a guy that can get the best out of him because his ceiling is Richard Sherman, and we have not seen anything even close to Richard Sherman on a Kevin King. So anyways... I'm, I'm hopeful that we can get something a little bit better out of our DBs now that we've hired a guy who has a proven track record of creating elite safeties. Anthony Harris um, was the highest graded safety in all of football. He's an undrafted free agent in 2015. Just, I mean, I, you can go down the list. Every single person that has come and touched the, the soil as a safety in Minnesota has just been phenomenal. So anyways, they, they lost that guy. See, the ranting is going to get me in trouble. So anyways, I have questions. And I don't even think Vikings fans would disagree. Finally, the last team in this group is the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are a bit of an anomaly because I don't know how much stock to put in this. Again, well, it looks like they've adjusted it now. Ryan Tannehill, it says, is the third highest graded quarterback. That's one of the. As much as I like PFF, they annoy me with certain things. And one of the things they do is they adjust things as time goes on. They adjust their metrics or whatever, and things change. Third highest. Okay, whatever. Bottom line is he was elite. And as good as Derrick Henry was, and he is very good. And by the way, this offensive line got better. Potentially. I mean, not necessarily has to be, but but Isaiah Wilson was drafted in the first round is now going to be playing right tackle. This is a team that has Lawan, Saffold, and Jones at left tackle, left guard, and center. Very, very, very good. Jones, um, Ben Jones is his name was the second-highest-graded center in all of football. Saffold was the sixth-highest-graded guard in all of football. Taylor Lewan was the 11th-highest-graded uh, tackle in football. This is a very good offensive line that just added another offensive lineman. They've got Jonu Smith, who broke out in his third year at tight end. Derrick Henry broke out toward the, well, I mean, it was technically last year, but as far as being the number one running back in football, that kind of took hold at the end of last year. They've already got A.J. Brown at wide receiver, who had a great year. You've got Adam Humphreys in the slot, and you've got your number one pick, Corey Davis, who is basically now your number three wide receiver. Lots of questions, though. Cornerback, you've got one good one, not much else. You have no good pass rushers. None. Harold Landry was a guy that I like coming out of college, but he has done nothing. They went and added Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley has been an absolute bust since day one. Not having a pass rusher is scary. Now, you do have Isaiah Simmons on the inside, who is a very talented guy that only played part of the year because of injury. We'll see what happens with Mr. Or, excuse me, Jeffrey Simmons, not Isaiah Simmons. Different guy. Jeffrey Simmons. A lot of potential to be a talented guy, but right now you don't have anyone along that defensive line that I find to be a good football player. You have one good corner, and that is it. You have mediocre safeties. You have maybe one good safety. I don't like this defense very much. Remember... Although this is a team that kind of caught fire toward the end, they were 9-7 and seven in the regular season. It's a very one-dimensional team. The defense managed. I mean, they were 12th in, in points, 21st in yards. So presumably a bend-don't-break type of team. There, there's potential, right? This could be an unstoppable offense, but this could also be a terrible team if their quarterback regresses even a little bit and their defense is as bad as it looks on paper. This could be a garbage team. So... As much as I want to give them credit for what they did last year and the potential they have this year, of course, there's pretty big questions here. And that's essentially what it is. What is Tannehill going to do? How is this defense going to survive as it is? Moving on to my next tier now. Close, but I have questions. Let's start with one of the teams that people probably think should be a little bit higher in the Houston Texans. I just don't understand the Texans. 
The Texans are probably similar to the Chiefs to where I should be giving them more credit, but I just can't because I don't like this roster. And the only reason I'm saying that I uh, I put them in the close but I have questions category is because of what they've done in the past. This doesn't look like a playoff team to me. I understand Watson is a very, very, very good quarterback. He is. He's just a good quarterback. When you look at how terrible this offensive line is and his ability to operate with no offensive line, no run game, and one wide receiver, it's incredible to me what he's able to do. I mean, it's it's, it's Russell Wilson-esque, right? No offensive line, one good wide receiver. I mean, Russell has had a defense and a run game. So, I mean, even, even right now, I'm not saying he's better than Russell, but, you know, Russell even potentially has had a little bit more. But it's those exact questions that's the problem. There's no offensive line. There's no run game. There's no tight end. And you replaced your one for three, and we'll see if that pans out. You got Fuller, Cooks, and Cobb. It might balance out in terms of what ends up being better. I don't know. That's not even the point, though. That's not even my concern is that they lost their number one wide receiver, although it is a concern. You can't run the ball. You can't protect your quarterback. You don't have a tight end. Outside of J.J. Watt, this is, I mean, this is a team that we consistently say is a very good defense. We keep saying it because they were a while ago, but they're not anymore. They were 19th in points, 28th in yards. Outside of J.J. Watt, this is a garbage defense. Whitney Merciless isn't a thing anymore. They don't have corners. They don't have a defensive line outside of J.J. Watt. Whitney Merciless and Greenard are not good pass rushers. Cunningham and McKinney are mediocre at best linebackers. The only other good player on this entire defense is Justin Reed. So this is a bad defense, and that's that's including when J.J. Watt's there. Once, once he gets hurt, which is almost a guarantee, this defense is garbage. You don't have an offensive line. You don't have a run game. You don't have a defense. You don't have tight end. You lost your number one wide receiver, which was your entire team. Yeah, I've got questions. However, again, this is a team that consistently gets to the playoffs. They were 10-6 and six last year. They still have a top 10 quarterback. They still have a decent stable of wide receivers. They still do technically have J.J. Watt for now. Their offensive line did improve with getting Laramie Tunsil. So I'll give them the respect to at least be on this tier, but I can't put them any higher. I think they are overrated. I think their defense is overrated. I think the fact that there are 10 wins and in the the playoffs consistently means people are going to just put them there. But this is not a good roster, and I just can't put them any higher than this. I'm going out of order, so i got to try not to skip teams, but I, I want to address the teams that people are going to say is higher, and then another one is going to be Seattle. Exact same reason. They don't have an offensive line. Now, I know they've been limping along here. You still have Russell Wilson. I mean, they, they, they technically have more than what Houston does, depending on what you think is most important. But Russell Wilson was now the number one highest-graded quarterback in all of football. Fairly so. Guy is incredible. DK Metcalf really was coming on strong toward the end there, and depending on how good he ends up becoming, that could really, really launch this thing a little bit higher. Again, close, but I have questions doesn't mean they're not going to be good. But certain things have to fall a certain way, and the bottom line is Seattle is being put above the Packers. Why? Why? They don't have a number one wide receiver as good as Devontae Adams. They don't. They don't have as good of an offensive line. They don't have as good a pass rusher. In fact, they don't have a pass rusher. They don't have a defensive lineman as good as Kenny Clark. They don't have as good of a safety group. I don't know if their corners are even as good. They were probably going to be better if Quinton Dunbar was a guarantee to even be on their team. And by the way, Quinton Dunbar had a breakout year last year. He's had four, three or four years of being mediocre. So there's no guarantee he even comes over here and is any good. If we just look at 2019 PFF grades, yeah, pretty decent stable of, of corners. Dunbar may not even play. And by the way, same thing for Shaquille Griffin. He had a great year. He was the 10th highest graded cornerback. He had two years of being a really bad corner. There's no guarantee that he's any good this year. 
And so the only real solid guy that we can trust to be any good, although I can't really say that definitively either, is Bobby Wagner because he's been so good, but he took a step back in a year in which he's turning 30 years old. This team has been going backwards slowly year after year after year after year after year. They've resorted to trying to get different players from other teams because they can't even get their own players. By the way, last year they went out and got a, a elite pass rusher because they couldn't draft one. They didn't know how to acquire one. They had all these years to replace guys that were departing. They've replaced zero corners, pass rushers, defensive linemen, linebackers, safeties. They went out and got um, they went out and got Quandre Diggs to replace the best safety group possibly in the history of the known universe. They had no ability to replace that, so they got Quandre Diggs to pair up with McDougald to make a joke of a safety group. Wagner is regressing, and they tried to help him by getting Jordan Brooks, which I think is hilarious. They had no ability to replace the corner, so they went out and got Quinton Dunbar, who now may be having to spend time in jail. We'll see how that all turns out. This defense is not good. And again, remember, they had a top pass rusher last year who is now gone. They are continuing to erode. Now, they were 11-5 and five last year. They, they continue to succeed, which is just adds to the greatness of Russell Wilson. And I think Pete Carroll. I keep hearing Seahawks fans hate on Pete Carroll. That pairing, I mean, I, I think you over, Seahawks fans overestimate how good they are. They believe they should be Super Bowl champions every year. They don't realize their team is basically garbage being dragged along by an elite quarterback and your head coach. A defensive-minded head coach that is somehow... I mean, I, I, I can't say the defense hasn't eroded. Even with Jadavian Clowney, you are the 22nd ranked defense in points, 26th in yards. It's your offense and your quarterback that's dragging this team. And somehow, even with a barely top 10 offense and a bottom half by a lot defense, you still win 11-5. and five. The point is, though, they continue to erode. They're going backwards, and people just assume they're going to continue to go forwards. That's incorrect. The Packers are ascending. The Packers have youth. The Packers are growing. They're adding talent. Well, they didn't get a number two, David. David. Oh. Quarterback, running back, tackles, guards, center, wide receiver, defensive tackle, edge rusher, corners, safeties. They don't have a linebacker. They don't have an elite number two wide receiver, but our number two wide receiver is currently better than a lot of teams have number twos. We took a half a step back at right tackle. The Seahawks have eroded to nothing, and they're still seen as one of the top teams in football. And they win 11-5, and five, despite the Packers going 13-3, and three, and they get more credit than the Packers. It, it, it just it defies any reasonable logic. But, but the fact of the matter is the media is actually pretty predictable. They actually did this with Aaron Rodgers, too, when we were on the, in the good graces of the media. As the team continued to erode and erode and erode and clearly get worse and worse and worse, the logic was the Packers are Super Bowl contenders because of Aaron Rodgers, and that's all that you need to know. Still the best team in football. And for a long time, that continued, but the erosion continued and continued and continued because nobody wanted to acknowledge it, including the fans, including the media, and including the, the GM, the, the, the CEO, the head coach. Nobody wanted to do anything to address it. It got to the point where things completely collapsed. Everybody had to get fired, and we had to start over. That's where Seattle's headed, and they just don't want to admit it. Nobody wants to admit it. Yes, you were 11-5. and five. That's fantastic. If you don't start actually adding talent to this team, you're going to keep getting worse. I really got to pick up the pace. Tampa Bay, I've already addressed Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is seen as one of the top teams consistently put above the Packers. This is a bad team that added Tom Brady, and now all of a sudden they're Super Bowl contenders. Now, I will grant you that I am more outraged by a lot of the other rankings than Tampa because I can see it. 
I understand Tom. You got Tom Brady, who is a good quarterback. You put him behind a pretty solid offensive line that added Tristan Wirfs in the draft, a right tackle. You've got Rob Gronkowski back. Whatever that's worth, I don't know. I think that's overvalued as well. The guy lost a ton of weight. He's taking a bunch of time off. Maybe that's good for him. Maybe it's bad for him. I don't know. You got Godwin. You got Evans. You added Tyler Johnson as a slot guy in the draft. I don't know if he's going to be any good. The defense isn't terrible. It's not good, but it's not terrible. There is potential there. I'm just annoyed by the fact that that everybody just assumes you drop Tom Brady in this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team and suddenly they're elite. You still don't really have a, a run game. Am I supposed to assume just because you drafted Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round you suddenly can now run the ball? I don't think so. And you lost a wide receiver, by the way. A very good one. I mean, it's like everybody forgot this is a 7-9 and nine team. 7-9 and nine team that added an over-the-hill quarterback who took a massive step back last year, who, by the way, does not fit this system at all. This is an air-it-out, down-the-field assault. And again, my, my question is, are we going to tell Tom Brady he needs to start chucking the ball down the field? Because that's an instant failure. Or are we going to start telling these wide receivers who have success down the field that they need to start winning in these short yardage things? We're going to start throwing wide receiver screens and slant routes. And by the way, running the ball a lot because the Patriots were quite good at that. And this is a team that cannot run the ball very well. And by the way, again, the the, the problem was never with the offense. This was a number three offense as far as points, number three in terms of yard. So improving the offense doesn't help you. The problem is you are 29th on defense. That's your problem. And everyone's, oh, we fixed the offense. Dude, you didn't have a problem with the offense. Get out of my face. But whatever. Again, there is a lot of talent here, so I will give them credit. But of course I have questions. One of the worst defenses in football. What did you do to fix it? We had Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. All right, well, best of luck to you. Have fun. Other teams, speed round here. Buffalo Bills. A lot of teams, a lot of people like the Bills. Their, their roster is getting, or their, their record continually gets better. The Patriots are no longer juggernauts in this thing anymore. Um, I, I the, the bottom line is your offensive line is not good. I still don't trust your quarterback. I think Allen is a bad quarterback. If he takes a big step, this is a very good team. I do think the defense is slightly overrated, but it is a talented defense that is that is able to win. You added Stephon Dig. Again, all this comes down to Allen. That's the biggest thing. The defense will be fine. Your your quarterback needs to be better. And the the basic premise, well, this is a strong arm guy that got a deep threat in Diggs, so this is going to be great. Nobody overthrew the ball more or missed on deep shots more than Allen. Just because you're strong enough to throw it 70 yards doesn't mean you're accurate. The bottom line is he's a bad quarterback. That's all there is to it. I don't know how else to put it. He was ranked 30th out of 37 quarterback. He's a bad quarterback. You're not going to win with a bad quarterback. If he doesn't get better, this team isn't going anywhere. Cleveland Browns. Yes, I put the Cleveland Browns here. This is a team that I think is underrated. Everybody want to wants to hate the Cleveland Browns, and rightly so, because this is a organization, and maybe this is the problem is that the organization is a mess, similar to the Detroit Lions, to where it doesn't matter how good your roster is, um, you're going to be a bad team. But the fact of the matter is, roster-wise, this is one of the better rosters in all of football. This is one of the best offensive lines in football. This is one of the best wide receiver groups in all of football. They added Austin Hooper, was who was a top 10 tight end in all of football. Baker Mayfield, was still a mediocre quarterback even in a down year. If he gets anywhere near what he did in his rookie year, add in the fact that this is the number one ranked running back in all of football. You have the best running back, maybe the best offensive line, maybe the best wide receiver group, a top 10 tight end, and a wide and a quarterback that is better than a lot of the ones I've just talked about. He's significantly better than Josh Allen. And again, that's just assuming he stays the bad version of Baker Mayfield and doesn't get better. Miles Garrett is one of the better pass rushers in all of football. Outside of that, they have a good group. Olivier Vernon is a solid edge rusher. They've got decent defensive linemen. Ward is a good corner. They've got Grant Delpit and added him with Carl Joseph at safety. 
This is a solid roster. Of course I have questions because it's a bad football team with questionable coaching staff and everything. Who knows what's going to happen with this mess of a team. But the roster is there to be a dominant team. Just a matter of can you execute. And by the way, they added Jedrick Wills uh, at left tackle, so the offensive line even got better. Wills, Betonio, Treader, Conklin. This is a good group. Everything about this team, I mean, if they can just rein this in, this should be easily a playoff team. Easily. And I don't care what division they're in. Okay, they're not going to be better than Baltimore. So what? So you're the second best team. You get into the playoffs and you start swinging. And there's no reason they couldn't beat the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not talking about 10 times out of 10. But again, Baker Mayfield takes another step back. I don't mean, I mean, back as in returning forward to back what he was. That's how you say that. Again, way better wide receivers. Better offensive, well, probably a better offensive line than the Ravens. Arguably a better defense, better, eh, maybe tight end, probably not though. Significantly better running back, not necessarily run game, with Baltimore's quarterback being probably the best runner in football right now. So I do think they're underrated. Do I think they're going to be successful? Not really, because they're the Browns. Should they be successful? Absolutely. So I'm going to give them the credit of being underrated. And again, don't listen to the media. The media just likes to run with narratives. And the narrative is make fun of the Browns and you probably won't miss. Same with Detroit. Call the Detroit Lions garbage and you probably won't miss. And you're probably right because their organization is a mess. But they deserve credit for what a good roster this is. And by the way, it's a good roster for the same reason the Chiefs have a good roster. There is a GM that keeps floating around, creating great rosters, and then getting fired. He must just be the biggest piece of garbage on earth. Because how you can go out and create elite rosters and keep getting fired, I just don't understand. I'm talking about John Dorsey. John Dorsey is the reason the Kansas City Chiefs won Super Bowl. He's not even there to enjoy it. Some other GM that is ruining this roster is there to enjoy it and take the credit for it. He came over to the Browns when the Browns were at their absolute worst. He dumped everybody. He shipped off everybody that was drafted. Every single first-round pick, every single every pick was off this team, and he brought in ba- you know Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, drafted Chubb, drafted Mayfield. He brought in Olivier Vernon. He drafted Garrett, I think. He brought in Sheldon Richardson. I mean, just he drafted Ward. Everything good about this team was because of the GM that got fired. I, I don't understand that at all. I don't understand why that guy can't hold down a job. Then there's the Denver Broncos. Again, i got to speed up, so it's the bottom line is, is their quarterback. This is a very, 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 very good roster. They drafted every wide receiver that I love. (laughs) There's only two of them, but they got Jerry Judy and my number one wide receiver. But their quarterback is garbage, Drew Locke. But if Drew Locke is a very good quarterback, this is a team that is 100% going to be in the playoffs and has a chance to win a Super Bowl. If their quarterback continues to be garbage, they're just going to be a garbage team. Vic Fangio is turning this defense into as scary a defense as the Chicago Bears were. I would not be surprised if this is the number one defense in football. But again, it all comes down to quarterback, and if you don't have one, you're going to struggle. You can get pretty far. I mean, it's basically the same situation they had in Chicago, right? You don't have a quarterback, so you limp along what you can do with this great defense and supporting cast, which actually is a better supporting cast than Chicago had. So, I mean, you want to talk about a dark horse. If you think anything positive about Drew Locke and his ability to become a good quarterback, this is this is easily one of the best teams in football if Drew Locke is, is even a top 15 quarterback. Colts, great roster. They added a quarterback. It's just a matter of can you put all the pieces together. I think the biggest problem that I have with this team and not putting them near the top as it is is because the fact of the matter is two years ago when they had basically this roster and actually made a run, um, they couldn't get there with Andrew Locke. It took a significant step backwards when they lost their quarterback, but everything's there. 
Maybe they could have had some wide receiver help, but dominant offensive line, great running back, a proven quarterback that I think has been somewhat underrated in his career. That's Phillip Rivers. Um, maybe the best linebacker duo in football, good pass rushers, good corners, safeties. I mean, just you want to talk about a well-rounded roster? This is a well-rounded roster. Maybe not super elite in any one spot, but just no real holes anywhere. And so they could absolutely make a run. It's just, again, can, can you put it all together? Jeez, I got to speed up. So what else? The Rams. Good, but I have questions. Very simply, this is a good roster. We saw what this team can do, but they're falling apart, and I don't really understand why. I don't know exactly what's happening. They still got good wide receivers, offensive line struggling, good enough quarterback, good enough defense. It's basically the same team, largely, that got them where they got them. Now, the biggest problem they have is you want to talk about worst GM in football. This guy is ruining this team. The, the contracts that he's coming up with are terrible. They're having to release good players because they can't afford them because you're giving ridiculous contracts to running backs who you decide to cut the very next year. It's just a mess. But there's still enough talent, and if Sean McVay can kind of keep this thing going, which my biggest question is, can he? Again, last year, same guys, same system, you went 9-7. and seven. You went from one of the top offenses in football to outside of the top 10. I don't really see them rebounding. I see this as a team that is continuing to fall apart with a GM that is accelerating this but it's still there if Sean McVay can pull another rabbit out of his hat they can take another shot at this but I'm I'm not really excited about the Rams also on this list of the Philadelphia Eagles again I think they have a good roster my biggest concern is their defense great offensive line great tight ends Alshon Jeffrey's a good wide receiver I mean the, the wide receivers weren't even that bad to begin with but they went out and added a wide receiver congratulations you got Jalen Rager Wentz is a decent enough quarterback the biggest problem you had was corners, and you didn't get one. You don't, I mean, you got Cox and Graham, that's Fletcher Cox, who is now 30 years old. You've got Brandon Graham, who is 32 years old. Again, a, another team that is refusing to replace guy. You have terrible linebackers, subpar safeties, terrible corners. You did add Darius Slay, who had a terrible year last year. Maybe he's going to help things, but you still have two other corners that I'm question, that are questionable. You didn't fix the actual problem. You added to a strength. So... While there's enough talent here to technically make a run, and with Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, you can maybe get enough done. If Slay rebounds, you've got one good corner, some good pass rush. You can kind of paper over some of these problems, like subpar safeties, bad linebackers, and two other corners that are questionable. So it's not impossible, but I don't like it very much. Finally in this tier is the Chargers. Like a few other teams, this all comes down to Herbert. Now, they don't have a great offensive line, and that's true. But when you have Henry... And you have Keenan Allen, and you have Mike Williams, who is still a pretty solid wide receiver that nobody even remembers. You have Bosa, who's one of the best pass rushers in football. You have Derwin James, who is maybe the best safety in all of football. You have Casey Hayward, who's one of the best corners in all of football. It's hard to not put you at least in some kind of a conversation. Yes, you have problems, but you have a good cornerback group. You have an elite safety. You have an elite pass rusher. And by the way, Ingram is a very good pass rusher. You have Henry, who is one of the best tight ends in football. You have Allen, who is one of the best wide receivers in football. You have a very good number two wide receiver. You have a, a, a incredible running back in Austin Eckler. The ability to run by this team is incredible, considering how bad this offensive line is. So you've got Eckler, Henry, Williams, Allen, Hayward, Bosa, James. I mean, this is kind of the opposite of the Colts, where the Colts have good players everywhere. This is a team that has elite players in specific spots and then terrible players elsewhere. But it really just comes down to First of all, putting all the pieces together, maximizing the strengths of the guys that are good and minimizing the weaknesses of the guys that are not good, but also Herbert. 
Can you maximize the talents you have and how good is Herbert? If Herbert is not a good quarterback, this is a garbage football team. If Herbert is a top 10 quarterback in his rookie year, this is an elite football team, potentially. I mean, you know, you could still... There are a lot of good rosters that can't put it together like the Browns. And the Chargers have been guilty of that for years, so I guess I shouldn't put that much faith in it. But again, you can't look at these players and, and not at least at least give them some credit. So anyways, that is the final group in that tier. That was the biggest tier. We're moving now to the maybe, but my bet is no. And we'll start with the Bears because I know Bears fans are going to be mad because a lot of them probably think they should have been in the close category with the Packers and Vikings. In fact, there are places out there right now that are putting the Packers third in the division behind the Vikings and the Bears, which is hilarious to me. At the very least, though, I would think even most Packer fans would say they're close, but I have questions. But I didn't even put them in that category. Because when I look at this team and when I look at this roster, I have very serious problems with it. The offensive line is continuing to erode. This is a bad offensive line. You don't have a tight end. You have you have succeeded at trying to get tight end. And I, oh, we added Cole Komet. I know. It just automatically makes you have an elite tight end. I understand. Just like TJ Hawkinson helped the Lions win the Super Bowl last year and Irv Smith helped the Vikings so much last year. I know. You guys are brilliant. Just like you added Jimmy Graham, right? Brilliant, I'm sure. Terrible offensive line. You have a quarterback that is mediocre at best who has an injury history with Trubisky backing him up. You have one good wide receiver. You have a massively overrated defense, and I cannot say that enough. Khalil Mack is an elite football player. So what? I just looked, showed you the Chargers. The Chargers have a guy about it. In fact, he was better than Mack last year in Bosa. But they also have Ingram. Quinn is not as good as Ingram. Quinn is their other pass rusher in Chicago. They don't have a, a, a corner anywhere near as good as Casey Hayward. Fuller is is terrible. He had his arguably his worst year ever. At best, it was his second worst year since his rookie year. These linebackers are massively overrated. The safeties are massively overrated. This is a defense that has Mack, Hicks, Goldman, and that's maybe it. Depending on what you want to say about Eddie Jackson, who had one good year out of three. A fourth-round pick was had one good year. By the way, as I've said a thousand times now, he had one good year the exact same year that every player who has been mediocre their entire career suddenly had a good year. He regressed as soon as Vic Fangio went away, as did Fuller, as did Hicks, as did Khalil Mack, as did Eddie Goldman, as did Prince Amukamura, as did Bilal Nichols. Everybody regressed. Now, maybe some of them will rebound a little bit, but again, that, that 2018 defense is never coming back. That was a flukish thing based on having the exact right pieces in the exact right system with the exact right defensive coordinator. The pieces are gone. The system is gone. The coordinator is gone. This is a new defense that has subpar linebackers, mediocre safeties, terrible corners, and two pretty good defensive players along the defensive line. Khalil Mack is elite. Hicks is good but overrated. Quinn has never really been good. Let, 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 me, let me look the last time he So he's had two good years, 2015 and 2013. That's it, Robert Quinn. And the offense is not good at all. You don't have anything good on this offense exi- except Allen Robinson. That's it. I'm sorry. I Listen, I gave the Vikings credit. If the Bears were better, I'd give them credit. And, the, and by the way, there's an argument out there that, well, all their losses were close losses. People are trying to be dishonest here. This is an 8-8 eight and eight team. Let's look at their losses, because most of them were close. The Green Bay Packers, the score was 3-10. to 10. So we can look at that on one hand and say that was a close game within 7. They scored 3 points. You're kind of you're missing it a little bit, I think. But yes, 3 points. Or excuse me, 7 points. The Oakland Raiders, 3 points they lost by. 
New Orleans Saints, they lost by 11. The Chargers, they lost by 1. The Eagles, they lost by 8. The Rams, they lost by 10. The Packers, they lost by 8. The Chiefs, they lost by 23. So how many games did they lose by 7 or less? I see 3. 3 of their 8 losses were by 7 or less. Let's look at their wins now. They beat the Broncos by 2. They beat the Lions by 7. They beat the Giants by 5. They beat the Detroit Lions by 4. They beat the Cowboys by 7. And they beat the Vikings by 2. So if we flip all the games that were within 7, I believe they would have actually lost 9 games instead of 8. They would be 7 and 9 if we flipped all the games that you were within 7. I believe. Something to that effect. So this is a team that is regressing. This is a team whose, whose defense is overrated. This is a team that has done nothing to add to the quality of their, their anything. And so I just don't see any real reason that we should be putting them in the playoffs. What, what is there to go on? Even if you know Nick Foles comes in and is a much better quarterback, which by the way, Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky were graded almost the exact same last year. But even if Nick Foles comes in and he's a very good quarterback, fine, what does he have to work with? Again, remember some of the other teams we talked about. That all the help they've had, whether it's defensively, tight ends, wide, you know, look at the Brown. They have a better, Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback. They have better wide receivers, a better offensive line, better tight ends, a much better running back, and a better defense. And I'm supposed to put the Bears ahead of the Browns. Why? Because Khalil Mack is, is significantly better than Miles Garrett, even though he's kind of not. He's a little better. He's not significantly better. That doesn't flip the tables. I'm sorry. This is just what it is. I know Bears fans don't want to admit it, just like they didn't want to admit last year when I went on to tirade saying Trubisky is not that good. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He took a big step. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. You're going to see. He's going to show the world. One year later, after me banging the table over and over and over and over and over, he's not that good. He's not that good. Everybody wants him gone. Bears fans have admitted it. Guess what? Going to happen again. We're fourth in points and eighth in yards. Okay, I'm just saying you're regressing. You're getting worse. We'll see. We'll see what happens. After that is the Atlanta Falcons. The bottom line is they have a pretty solid roster, but they can't get it done. There's something broken there. So I'm saying, again, this tier is maybe, but my bet is no. For the Chicago Bears, maybe, but my bet is no, because the defense did overperform what their talent was. And if their offense gets better, technically they could be a good enough team to be good, but I don't think so. Atlanta Falcons have a good roster, but something is broken. This is similar to the Packers, where you're looking at the roster and you're like, how are you losing so many games? How are you this bad? Something is broken. The Packers tore it down and rebuilt it. The Falcons haven't. They have to come to that moment. Next is the Detroit Lions. I think the Detroit Lions have a pretty good team, but I said that last year. I said last year they got a pretty good roster. Now, I should technically put them higher because the biggest problem is they lost their quarterback, and I think if they had kept their quarterback, they would have actually been a pretty solid team because, remember, they won. Let me look real quick. I guess Matt Stafford's record wasn't that good. He started off real hot. I think he came in toward the end of the year and continued the losing streak. But anyways, the roster's there. They've got the offensive line. They've got the quarterback. They've got the wide receivers. They added Swift. They've got TJ Hawkinson. They got Flowers and Collins off the edge. They drafted Akuda to go with Trufant, who they got from, from Atlanta. They've got Coleman in the slots. They've got three potentially good wide receiver or cornerbacks. They've got two good safeties. There's enough talent here that they should easily be at least the third best team in football, in, <laughs> in the division. They should be better than the Bears. However, I made the mistake last year of saying watch out for the Lions and they won three games. Again, part of that is because they lost their quarterback, but part of that is just because it's the Lions. And I can't explain it, just like I can't really explain why the Falcons are not very good, just like I can't explain why the Browns aren't very good, but I have to acknowledge that until they actually show that they can be competent and win games, I just can't 
move them up anymore. They've got a GM that doesn't care. They've got a coach that's not very good. And so I'm going to put them in this tier, although they do deserve to be higher. After that, I got the Patriots. This is a team that, again, a lot of people are going to say should be higher. They should not only be higher than this, they should be in the close tier with the Packers and the Cowboys and the Vikings and the Titans. Patriots fans would probably put them in the top tier because they're delusional, but it's fine. They're all going to be gone anyways. There were four Patriots fans before this dynasty started. They will all disappear once the Patriots are bad again, and I think we're headed toward that. The bottom line is Tom Brady has been one of the guys, similar to the Seahawks and the Packers and a lot of other teams, that has been one good quarterback and a whole lot of not much else. Uh, you know, it's a coach and quarterback combination. Now, they did have a very good defense last year, as, as they've had decent enough to good defenses in the past. But a lot of those guys left, and, and the, the Patriots seem content to let everybody walk. They lost a lot of players. I mean, Miami and, and um, Detroit have added half of this roster to their teams. And so Jarrett Stidham is the biggest question, and that's where the maybe comes in. Maybe, but I don't think so. Stidham was absolute garbage last year. Now, he almost hardly played at all, but I don't have any faith in him. And so you've got Stidham with mediocre at best. I'm talking subpar, borderline garbage wide receivers. Edelman is their top receiver. He was 48th out of 112. Remember, Tom Brady was able to operate with what he had. I don't think you can just plop anybody in here. Uh, they also have had mediocre running backs for years that they just made work. So you got Rex Burkhead, Julian Edelman, Jared Stidham. Their tight end is Lacoste. I don't even know. 55th out of 67. They've got solid DBs. They still got Gilmore. They still got McCourty. This Adrian Phillips guy uh, played just you know a handful of snaps, but he was very very good. So we'll see what happens there. But I just I just don't think this is a good football team. I don't think there's enough here. They don't have enough players on defense to be that imposing on defense anymore. They don't I don't see how they're going to bring a pass rush outside of Chase Winovich, who I also think is a little bit overrated. The linebackers are not good. The defensive tackles are not good. Outside of Gilmore, the the corners are good, not great. This is a very beatable football team. And granted, you're still got to beat Bill Belichick, which is the hardest thing to do in all of football. That's very challenging. But Bill Belichick also has a massive challenge of trying to execute with the players that he has. Again, I just got the impression from the Patriots that they're kind of just giving up, and I'm surprised Belichick is even sticking around for this. This is a total rebuild. They're letting everything fall apart, and if anything, they're, they're tanking to go get a quarterback. I don't think they're going to be very good this year at all. Then you have the New York Jets, who again I think is an overrated team. Because I think Sam Darnold is massively overrated. I'm going to be beyond late today. Is what it is. Sam Darnold was ranked 31st out of 37. I think that's even worse than Josh Allen. And people love Sam Darnold. They think he's a great quarterback and maybe he just needs some help. And they got him help. They went out and got Crowder. They went out and got Perriman. And then they drafted Mims. They also drafted Mackay Becton. Mr. Mecky Becton. So they've, they've added all this stuff. Plus they still have Le'Veon Bell as much as they don't like Le'Veon Bell. And Le'Veon Bell wants to get out of there desperately. The bottom line is there's plenty here, but the one guy that gets a ton of respect, Sam Darnold, is the one guy holding this team back. They've got great safeties. They've got decent enough corners, although it's not that great. They definitely need some help along the defensive line, but they've got good linebackers. They've got a great group of wide receivers, a decent enough offensive line, depending on Beckton. It's not great, but there's enough here that a really, really good quarterback, again, picture the Texans with this situation, specifically Deshaun Watson. I mean, this is, this is about as good, probably a little bit better than he has it, and they go to the playoffs every year. They're an 11-12 win team. Sam Darnold gets way too much credit. By the way, Herndon, the tight end, I think he's overrated by Jets fans, but he's, he's a talented dude. There's plenty here to work with. So, again, this is where the maybe, but I don't think so comes in. Finally, the Raiders. 
I say the Raiders because I think they have a lot of holes still to fill, but I'm probably the only person on planet Earth that's beyond impressed with what they were able to do. The now Las Vegas Raiders went on a massive win streak. They fell apart at the end because their roster is garbage. But the fact of the matter is what they were able to accomplish with maybe the worst roster in football was beyond impressive. And now we're looking at Carr, who is an underrated quarterback. Granted, he's not this elite guy, but he was ranked 11th. Again, compare that to guys we've been talking about. The 11th best quarterback is a good quarterback. You have Waller, who's one of the better tight ends in football. You have Jacobs, who's one of the best running backs in football. A massively improved offensive line. You added Henry Ruggs as a wide receiver. This has been a total teardown and rebuild, and they're rebuilding something pretty special here. And again, they had a terrible team last year and still managed to beat a bunch of teams. They added Kwiatkowski and Littleton to the linebacker group. They they drafted last year Jonathan Abram, who played one game. He was a first-round pick, very talented safety, very violent safety. He played one game, so they got a chance to get him back. They also brought in Demarius Randall, who's not an elite player, but he's good enough at safety that he'll be able to help improve the team. So you got Abram back, you got Randall now, you got Littleton, you got Kwiatkowski. They added Prince of Mukamura. Trayvon Mullen, who was decent last year, is going into his second year. They added Henry Ruggs. I I just, you know, again, it's the Raiders, and we want to laugh at them and make fun of them. Granted, they don't have really any pass rushers. The defensive line isn't that great outside of Hurst. But I think there's enough here that with a good coach, and I, and again, I think that what he did was incredible. What happens when he actually has a good roster, which he's close to? He's not quite there yet, but he's building one. It's amazing when you watch teams that have great rosters that can't even maintain it, and you watch a guy that had a bad roster, tore it down so it was even worse, gave away Khalil Mack and every other talented player outside a car, and is rebuilding this thing. And you're watching it actually come together, and pieces are, are coming together here. Again, I don't think they're going to break out this year, but I think they're close. And if they, th- there's a chance they could surprise. Finally, there's the not really a fan thing. Got seven teams, we've got to go fast. Arizona Cardinals massively, massively, massively overrated. I have no idea why there's so much love for the Arizona Cardinals outside of the fact that everybody actually thinks um, Kyler Murray is a good quarterback. Kyler Murray did nothing last year. He was ranked 29th out of 37. This team has no offensive line. They have a well below average quarterback. No running back. They did go out and get Hopkins, but again, Hopkins was great with a really good quarterback. There's no guarantee he's going to be as good. The defense is terrible. Well, they got Patrick Peterson, man. He's one of the best corners of all time. Yes, I understand that. He's 30 years old. He had one of the worst years of his career. Worst year since 2014. And before that, 2011. Third worst year of his entire career last year at the age of 30. It happens. He went to a bad team. Bad things happen when you are old and you play on a bad team. They drafted a corner who's not very good. They drafted another corner. We'll see if he's any good. The only player on the, oh, and, they, and they got Sim. And that's the thing. They look at it, and people look at it and they say, Kyler Murray is a great quarterback. They added Hopkins. They added Simmons at linebacker, Isaiah Simmons. Oh my goodness, watch out for this team. Dude, the offensive line is a joke. The only other good wide receiver that I can see outside of Hopkins is Larry Fitzgerald, who is clearly declining since 2015. He's gotten worse every single year. They do have Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk was ranked 91st out of 122. He has not done anything yet. So you have Hopkins, and you added Max Williams, the tight end, who had one good year last year on a team that is very, very good with tight ends, the Baltimore Ravens. There's no guarantee he's going to have any of the same success here. You have Kenyon Drake as your running back, running behind a terrible offensive line on a team that doesn't really like to run the ball, probably has no idea even how to run the ball very well. You have a quarterback that has proven nothing, and you have one good player on this entire defense by the name of Chandler Jones, who is 30 years old. You could maybe say Patrick Peterson and Buda Baker. 
but Patrick Peterson, again, seems to be declining. Buda Baker is, is good, not great. And even if Isaiah Simmons is a great linebacker, how much good does Derwin James do for a much better team, the Chargers? Remember, the Chargers have a lot more pieces. They added Derwin James, who is the maybe the best safety in all of football, very similar to Simmons in terms of he's a linebacker-safety hybrid who can play everywhere and does play everywhere. Even if he's Derwin James, he's Derwin James on a worse team. If Derwin James came over here and took the place of Simmons, this team is still not good. Massively overrated team. Massively. Carolina Panthers, I mean, they're clearly in a rebuild. They don't have much going on. They uh, they have Teddy Bridgewater, who I don't think is going to be able to do much. Christian McCaffrey, not a good offensive line, no good wide receivers, not a good defense. It's just a mess. Cincinnati Bengals did, you know, you could maybe put them in the maybe category, right? Let's 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 look at it. Maybe they do deserve to be up a spot. It all falls on Joe Burrow, though. If Joe Burrow is a again, let's just say top ten quarterback, there's potential here. You still got AJ Green as well as Boyd. That's a good good group. You have Joe Mixon, who is a talented running back. You've got Reader, Atkins, and Dunlap along the defensive line. That's a good defensive line. You've got Bynes at linebacker. That's I mean, you still have maybe the worst offensive line of football. You have no tight ends. Your corners are bad. Your safeties are terrible. Your linebackers outside of Bynes, and now maybe Logan Wilson, although I doubt he's going to be very good. Outside of that, you don't have much. So it's it's very unlikely, but they might be good enough to put in the maybe, but my bet is no category, because really, I mean... couple things have to happen. Joe Burrow has to be very, very good. And this is also a franchise that does not have a history of winning. So you kind of have the Lions-Browns syndrome, and you have deficiencies on defense and offensive line and all this stuff outside of that. So there's three big hurdles you have to get over. I'm relatively comfortable keeping them here. They're probably at the top of this bottom tier or maybe toward the bottom of the, the next up tier whatever. After that, you have the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is another team I would say I think is slightly overrated, although I don't think anyone really buys into it. Uh, Minshew is is decent and he's fun and all that. They did add Chenault, but this is a team that is predicated on great defense and running the ball, and I don't think they're going to do very well at either of those this year. Their running back who is built to pound the rock wants out, and they want him out. I'm surprised he's back and he's he's not going to be there next year, I don't think. The offensive line is not good enough to win on the ground. Um, Chris Thompson is a receiving back. He's not built to run the ball that way. And again, the defense, which is the the thing that has made this team what it is, is just not good. They do have DJ uh, Hayden at corner, as well as drafted CJ Henderson this year. So maybe they can get back to that a little bit. And they got Chase on, off the edge. But the bottom line is, I'm not going to rely on two hits at um, in the first round that both of these guys are going to be elite players. Therefore, this is going to be a good team. You still have terrible linebackers, a bad defensive line, subpar safeties. There's just there's just too much. The identity of this team, plus it's just, again, you've got the Bengals-Lions syndrome. This franchise just is going in the wrong direction. There's all kinds of, you've got players tweeting, you know, let my guys out. They're trying to get off this team. This is a team that is that is toxic and cancerous in the locker room. The guys that are there don't want to be there, similar to the Lions. They want out. That's not a winning culture. They're not going anywhere. Next is maybe the most overrated team in football, the Miami Dolphins. People love all the moves they made. For whatever reason, I don't know why. Bottom line is, we don't know what Tua brings, but even if Tua is a very good quarterback, fine. You have a subpar offensive line at best, and that assumes your two new draft picks are actually any good. That's Robert Hunt, who is a second-round pick, as well as um, Austin Jackson, who is a first-round pick. Even if those two are very good, Flowers, Karras, Davis, not good players. You don't have a tight end. Outside of Parker, you don't have a wide receiver. Howard is a mediocre back. Yes, they have Jordan Howard, the Bears-slash-Eagles running back. 
you added Van Noy because you want to be the Patriots, but as we know, these guys leave and they don't reproduce what they were able to do. You also went out and paid a bunch of money to Byron Jones, who is a good corner, so you got one pretty good corner and nothing else. Terrible safeties, terrible linebackers, terrible defensive line, no real pass rush, subpar at best offensive line, one wide receiver, and an unproven quarterback with an injury history. And everybody loves the Dolphins. I mean, granted, nobody thinks they're a Super Bowl contender, but this is an overrated team. This is still a bad football team with a lot of building left to do. Maybe by next year with a bunch of picks, they can do something. It's not going to happen this year. Granted, maybe they can compete in their own division for the first time with the Patriots not being very good, but I don't see them as the top team. Even in their own division, I don't think they're a very good team. And that's a bad division. I think Buffalo has that. I think the Patriots maybe with Belichick still maintain number two possibly if not it's probably the Jets I just think the Dolphins are still the worst team I mean they could surpass that but the bottom line is they're not good then you have the Giants I'll say they're overrated only because I've heard some rumblings that the Giants are underrated I don't understand how again another terrible quarterback really bad offensive line Ingram is an overrated tight end Saquon as much as hype as there was and as excited as everybody was and as talented as he is he was the 22nd ranked running back Pretty sure we had two running backs on our team that ranked better than Saquon Barkley. Their wide receivers are Tate and Shepard. Their corners are about as bad as any group that you can find. They have zero pass rush to the point where Kyler Fackrell is going to be starting. They have Blake Martinez as their number one linebacker, which we know how well that works out. It's just it's just a bad football team. There's no other way to put it. It's bad. And then finally, um, despite Adrian Peterson, I think everybody would agree the Washington Redskins are just a bad football team. Adrian Peterson said they could run the table. Obviously, he's being ridiculous. Now, let's let's look best-case scenario. Haskins becomes a great um, quarterback. All right, cool. Haskins is good. You got uh, Scherf and Roulier off the offensive line. Okay, fine. You got a decent offensive line. You still don't have a tight end. You still don't have a running back. I mean, you have Adrian Peterson, I guess, but whatever. Terry McLaurin was a very good wide receiver, so that's cool. So you've got a number one. You've got a mediocre offensive line at best, a quarterback that is now good. Uh, Chase Young takes a step, so you have a pass rusher. That's cool. Terrible corners. No one else along this offensive line that's any good. No linebackers, and you do have Landon Collins, who you massively overpaid because he was never that good, good to begin with, which is another thing that I tried to tell everybody. Nobody wanted to listen. we got to get Landon. we got to get Landon. He's so good. He's so No, he's not. He's not that good. He's mediocre. He's, he's Adrian Amos is a better safety. He's always been a better safety. Well, that's not necessarily true, but it was very clear that he was going to be a better safety, and he cost a fraction of what Landon Collins was. He will be a better safety again this year. Pending any injuries, that's that's about as close to a guarantee as I can give you. This team isn't going anywhere, and I don't think it needs that much explanation. So anyways, that's kind of how I break it down. Again, a lot of it is was because of my frustration with where the Packers rank, which is, in my opinion, second tier. I, I agree they don't belong on the same tier as the Chiefs, 49ers, Ravens, and Saints, but they are massively underrated. They are clearly, clearly better than the Bears and Lions, and anyone that doesn't say so is is a joke. If you want to say the Vikings are better, fine, but I still think that's a tough thing to say, considering the very simple fact that the Packers were better last year. The Packers have not regressed, even though they didn't grow to the extent that a lot of people would have liked, and the Vikings did regress. So I don't know how you make that case, especially with the the head coach going into his second year. I, I just I don't I don't know how you make that case. I mean, it's it's, it's clearly possible. I mean, anything can happen, and you've got a very good team going up against a very good team. It could shake out any which way. But just trying to use logical deduction to figure out, 
to, to make an educated guess, I don't know how you come to a logical conclusion that the Packers end up worse than the Vikings. I just don't. And so again, Packers and Vikings on that second tier. I've got Chicago and Detroit on the fourth tier. And um, as far as massively overrated teams go, Seattle, Tampa, Chicago, New England, Arizona, and Miami. Underrated teams, Green Bay, uh, Cleveland Browns, Denver Broncos, maybe the Colts, possibly Detroit. Maybe the Raiders, I think, are a little underrated, although, again, I don't think they're going to be very good. I think people underestimate the, how close they are to being a good football team. So there you go. There's 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 your over and underrated. Anyways, I got to get going. I Wow, 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 wow. This is not great. Have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.